Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt. I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, we hear the final incarnation story of Christmas. On Christmas Eve, we hear Luke's version. No room at the inn, shepherds, heavenly host, good news of great joy, Mary pondering in her heart. On the first Sunday after Christmas Day, we heard John's cosmic version. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Today, on the second Sunday after Christmas Day, which this year is also the very last day of the Christmas season, we hear Matthew's version. Joseph's messages from angels and dreams, the visit of the Magi, well, actually, that comes tomorrow night on the Feast of Epiphany. We get the flight into Egypt, the slaughter of innocents cut from today because we read it on the Feast of the Holy Innocents, but we probably should have included it. All of the stories about the incarnation of God, God's decision to join us in the flesh, are scandalous and surprising. Some are mind-blowing and others tug at our sympathies, but only this version is terrifying. And it's only told by Matthew. And this terrifying version of political violence, a power-mad despot who, like Pharaoh a millennia before, orders the slaughter of all male children under the age of two, a family fearing for their lives, escaping home, rushing towards a country they are not sure will take them in, not sure if they are rushing towards salvation or more terror. After all, Egypt is where their people were enslaved all those years ago. It's a place to escape, not a place of refuge. But desperate people on the run don't have lots of choices. This story that we only hear every few years because we don't always get the second Sunday after Christmas. This story has inspired myths and stories throughout the ages, poems and paintings throughout history. The idea that God must be on the run, that from the start Jesus was targeted, somehow that has captured our imaginations. Apocryphal stories and gospels have sprung up around this story. During the Middle Ages especially, stories were told about how creation bent down before the Holy Family in its flight, showing that even if political rulers couldn't honor the divinity in this family, nature would, as there are stories of a date tree bending down to Mary so that she might pluck its fruit and feed her family on the way. There are stories of a spring spontaneously welling up in the desert to provide water for them. There are stories that the statues of idols in Egypt fell flat on their faces and smashed when the infant Jesus passed by. And Coptic Christians in Egypt have numerous stories about how the Holy Family were welcomed in their land. There are still many places in Egypt today, just as in Israel, that claim Jesus slept here. 
But my favorite theme among these lovely stories is the theme of rest during the flight into Egypt. Painters especially have captured the holy family resting on their way, stopping for food, for sleep, imagining a moment of peace for them in a time of fear and adrenaline. The biblical story is so stark, so violent, so grim, that our response over time has been to try to find ways to soften it a bit, to imagine that creation itself cared for the Holy Family, even when humans didn't, or to tell stories about a people, a country, who did welcome the stranger, the refugee family, providing safety and rest, rather than walls and imprisonment, family separation and deportation. Our hearts are broken by the notion of the Holy Family as an innocent, vulnerable infant, a young mother still breastfeeding, a panicked father trying to keep his wife and child safe, all seeking to be faithful to a God who's asked the impossible of them. So no wonder that we try to imagine them having some rest, some peace on their way. My favorite painting of this theme is Luc Olivier Merson's Rest on the Flight into Egypt, found in Boston's Museum of Fine Arts. You might know it, you've probably seen it. It's a large, long canvas. The upper three quarters are dark, blue-gray night sky. The lower quarter is a long, horizontal line of sand on which lies a sleeping, small Joseph exhausted, next to a campfire that's burning down. To his right is a thin donkey seeking what little bit of grass there is to eat, the only green in the painting. They are small figures under a vast night sky. And next to them, and what dominates the left side of the painting, is a sphinx a large carved creature, body of a lion, head of a pharaoh, reminder of the power of Egypt where Mary and Joseph's people were enslaved centuries ago. And between the arms of the Sphinx, a sleeping Mary draped over one of the arms, an infant Christ surrounded by the most humble but definite corolla of light. painting is both beautiful and true because it captures the truth that the oppressive world looms over us, the threats of the past are still with us, the violence of Pharaoh being revisited through the violence of Herod. It captures the plight not only of the holy family but of all who are exhausted, alone, on the run, fearful, yet so tired they must rest, even if that means resting in the arms of the enemy. It captures the truth of that world, of our world now, no place for people in trouble, refugees seeking safety, seeking home, people in power who respond to fear with violence. 
Mainly, though, mainly, it captures the truth of God. Our God, who humbled himself to share our humanity, becoming a sojourner, a stranger in this world, to restore our dignity, taking on the shame and fear of a refugee in a violent world that knew him not. It reminds us even in the midst of Christmas of the truth of the incarnation, Jesus began life as he lived and ended it, beset by threat and violence, a man of sorrows, son of man with nowhere to lay his head. After much discussion and consideration, we here All Saints have chosen the flight into Egypt as one of the events in Mary's life that will go into the Mary Chapel windows. I think it's gonna be right in the middle. And we chose it because it captures so much truth about both the human and the divine experience. There will always be violent leaders threatening. There will always be refugees. But most important, this is who our God is a stranger in this land, pursued and harassed, and this is the holy family on the run, aware from the beginning that all their attempts to protect the child would eventually come to naught. But, but, this story this painting by Merson contain within them the light, the hope, even within the darkness. For in this dark story of fleeing and terror, there is the faithful, obedient Joseph who gathers wife and child, flees to Egypt, then shepherds them back to Judea, then Nazareth to protect them. In this world, where in this story where worldly power and political violence loom, we see this, we see this, that God still chose to join us, us, in a world where there is no safety. God chooses to join us as a sojourner among the poor, no place to lay his head. The world is as it is, but God will not leave us alone in it. And this painting, oh, this painting, friends, if you haven't seen it, you must. In a vast, dark swath of sky, the old order Egyptian sphinx dominating, a small, tender family sleeps. But the light is there. The infant Jesus surrounded by a gentle light. And then just in the corner, a few stars peeking through the inky night, testify to a truth that we cannot see in the headlines that blare the bad news, especially this past week as we read of attacks on Jewish communities and their saber rattling in the Middle East and our own government seems to relish the ability to kill through surgical strike. And yes, there are children on the border in cages. In the midst of all that, some light. The flight into Egypt takes place in a dark, sandy, desolate land, reminding us of our own lives when they can sometimes be dark and dry and desolate, when we feel estranged, when we need refuge. 
But even in that light, even in the dark and dry and frightening, there is a light, pinpricks in the darkness, that the darkness shall not, will not, has not overcome. The dark is there. The sphinx looms, violence threatens, but we are not alone. For our sojourner God has joined us. And even through a pinhole of light, grace and mercy can pour through. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.